Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is that time of the week. The secret is out. It's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Larry Charles, and none other than my brother from another mother undercover, Mr. Brandon Fell. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Fell. Welcome to this week's special episode, and we have an awesome guest named awesome Andrew guest. Rich. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing Okay. Hanging out here. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you very much for doing the episode with us. It's cool. Yeah. We've been, we, we, we finally caught the elusive Andrew Rich, and <laughs> we have him for a whole hour, so it's no holds barred. He said we can ask him whatever we want, including where he holds all his millions of dollars. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for so, that. No, just kidding, man. Well, for, for the many and few, right? Andrew is the owner and founder of Polycount, and we were just discussing this before, and we're definitely going to go over it again. Andrew, do you mind going over your resume and just getting our audience a little bit more familiar with you? Okay. Uh, Let's see. Um, I am the owner and founder of Polycount. I do have a uh, partner. His name is Seth Thomas. He's not here right now, but uh, he is currently moving to Boston. But he uh, he's definitely a part owner as well. He's uh, our back-end tech person sort of thing. Um, and then that that's all the owners per se. That, but then we've got like about a dozen moderators. That, they really do all the heavy lifting because yeah. uh, as we are bouncing through the, you know, if you've talked to somebody at Polycount, you've probably talked to one of them because if you're talking to me, it probably means you're in trouble. <laughs> um, you're about to be banned. That's what you're doing. <laughs> that kind of, yeah, it kind of goes like that sometimes. Um, but, uh, but you know, that all that aside, let's see. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. My background, um, let's see, I'm actually a, Educated, trained, whatever, uh, architect. Um, I have my architecture degrees, and um, I worked in the industry for seven or eight years before I uh, got into the games industry. But um, there's a bunch of uh, very large buildings in uh, in and around Indianapolis that I was part of, uh, including the... um, uh, the Pacers Arena might be the one thing you guys know uh, if you're basketball guys. Uh, I helped build and build the Pacers Arena. Um, it, it, you know, I was just a a member of a very large team. Not, you know, anyways. Uh, but it, at one point, I was messing around with games and stuff when I was in college. Uh, it was Doom at the time, and um, I was like, I really am enjoying you know messing around with games, and always kind of kept that as a hobby. Uh, after I had gotten out and was, you know, doing the real world thing for a while, um, yeah, I've been trying to think of, it was kind of an accident, kind of a, it was an experiment. I wanted to learn how to do 
uh, web pages stuff because in the end I wanted to do a Team Fortress like review site sort of a thing. I was really into Team Fortress at the time. The you know one Team Fortress one, <laughs> yeah, like nineteen ninety six ish whatever. And I was like, well, I don't know any HTML. So what I'll do is at the same time. Um, it had basically told somebody how to make models for Quake 2. And Quake 2 was just out, like, last month at the time. And I was like, that's really cool. I'd like to learn how to do that, too. And I'm like, I'll write a tutorial sort of a thing for this thing. And that'll give me an excuse to go talk to the guy who knows how to do it and have him tell mm-hmm. me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. So we were basically, it was a, you know, try to help and try to learn and, you know, try to, you know, move forward sort of thing on a couple different things because I was really enjoying and wanting to be part of Planet Quake, actually, now that we mention it, and put it up there. And uh, it got really a lot of interest. And people were basically saying, hey, can you give us some boards? We'd like to be able to, like, ask questions and talk talk to each other. Um, and I turned to Planet Quake staff and said, do we have boards? And they were like, sure. And they clicked one, and it was these awful black and white ones that really super 1980s um but it worked and a community formed and i was like oh well what do you know look at that um i had a community forming and i was like well this is cool i don't know where it's gonna go and um and this was kind of like my little room that i had made here on the internet and i was like you guys will play under my rules or go away um and everybody was like okay you know and it worked out well, and about for about three years, I kind of sat on the boards daily, and mm-hmm. it was right around the third um, whole, uh, anniversary, I remember, coming to the boards, and I suddenly realized that they were self-policing, and I'm like, well, look at that, yeah. <laughs> um, and but I also didn't know HTML at all, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, first I need to learn some HTML. And at the same time, uh, Quake 2 came out, and they taught a couple people in, in the community how to make uh, a model. And they, I think the first one was an airwolf model, and it was just flew around as a, like a little, little mini drone, as we would call it nowadays, mm-hmm. um, instead of the player going out and it would shoot from the helicopter and it was like and this was like mind-blowing at the time oh my god Uh, i was like i want to learn how to do this and um and so i thought well if i go and ask the guy who knows how to do this and i write a tutorial on how to do it um i can get that information myself i can learn how some html and i can start participating in the community um you know it was all kind of a win for me um and so i started up uh what became Polycount, but it wasn't supposed to be that. It was supposed to be just a tutorial on how to do Quake 2 models, and I would, you know, move on. Uh, But people were like, hey, this is really, really cool, and we'd like to talk to each other and share. We all want to start making things. You know, a community was like a lot of game art or game artists that were working in the industry all wanted to participate in this, for one, but then obviously a lot of uh, amateurs as well were like, hey, this this is cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, and so they. Oh, sorry. I, I just keep. I'm going to roll for a second here. No, uh, that's cool. Uh, so I asked Planet Quake. I was like, "You got? I think it was um, 
the same guy that runs uh, something awful now. Okay. Uh, he was running Planet Quake at the time. Um, but I talked to him and said, you guys got boards? And they're like, sure. And they had some crappy, like, auto boards, you know, click, and it opened up some black and white nastiness and uh, people were really kind of happy with that because they started they were able to start communicating about this new thing um, and I was like well what do you know we've you know it wasn't until maybe like the you know six months to a year before I realized you know really really realized that I had a community going of some sort yeah. um, but for the first bit it was just like hey there's a lot of interest cool I'm going to participate here because it's interesting and fun, and people are all being cool to each other. Um, so why not? Um, never did get back to making that Quake Two ma- or that Team Fortress love. <laughs> um, I, re- I realized that about you know I was like, oh yeah, that's what I was supposed to be doing, wasn't it? And I was like, eh, well, I guess not. Um, and actually, yeah, the first version of the site was actually called uh, the Quake Two Player Model Pack. Was the whole. Th- full name because what the idea was that um, people would start submitting these things and we would put out these uh, a, a package of model, player models kind of like uh, like you know when you those Minecraft skins that you can get on um, oh. Xbox now you know they're like they're like hey a new pack of player skins well that's what we were kind of like we were doing that but you know it was community based yeah and in the beginning it was really real manageable because not a lot of people were doing it until it blew up and got huge, and then we were getting like you know three to four, five, six of them a day. You know, it was just like holy crap! It just got big. We we tried to review every single one, but after a while, it got really repetitive mm-hmm. um, for you know both sides of the equation: people reading it and people making it. And it was you know we we ended up stopping doing that and just still releasing them as they came in yeah. still just crazy we had you know we were the only place that was doing that at the time a couple other places popped up as well for like quake skins there was a skindom um oh, there was another one like 40 47 skins or something like that i can't remember his name anymore um but in the end um I was like, this is cool. This is, um, but I'm not necessarily going to try to make any money here because that's silly. I wasn't doing it for money. I was doing it because I was having fun. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, um, you know, being in ga- being part of video games is a desire. It's part of our culture. Um, you know, as we grew, as you know, as like my parents grew up, they grew up in the uh, 40s and 50s, and they watched lots of. Cowboys and Indian movies, and then they literally played Cowboys and Indians outside. That's mm-hmm. how they were participating in that culture. Um, you know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, I was watching G.I. Joe and Star Wars and stuff, and I can't tell you how many times I dressed up as one of those Star Wars characters for Halloween as a kid. You know, that was me embracing that culture and participating in it. And now, as we are getting further and further into, you know, what technology can do for us, and the developers are who, in the end, want to encourage that too because a they think it's cool. If they don't think it's cool, they just ain't gonna do it. Okay. But, you know, I, gotta, once, I have to I have to jump in before you move on to a new sure. topic. So, <laughs> AP computer science class in high school. 
Okay. I'm with a bunch of other teenagers, and we found out about this game called Quake 2, and like two of us bought it, then a bunch more of us bought it. We, uh, we also got the version with Extremities Pack. Sure. We found that. this website that would <laughs> let us download Quake skins. Yeah. So th- I'm I'm geeking out over here because it's like it's taking me back, but like you're yeah. responsible for my terrible grades <laughs> in AP computer science class. That's all I want to let you know. We I, played Quake I, Two I, every day, and we had custom skins: Wolverine, Cable, Iron Man, like all this stuff. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, I, how does that feel? I, I'm not responsible. I'm just <laughs> no, I, I, you're the catalyst. You your own grades. <laughs> no, no, I did well. I'm just saying. But actually, I do have. Uh, the vault drive uh, tucked away on a shelf. Oh man, where I have all that old content. Um, oh man, Damn. I have you know a version of the old site and all that stuff, and I just haven't really. I don't know what to. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it because I would love to like publish it in some way. Mm-hmm. Man, screw going through all that stuff. There is just gigs of material there, and. Oh, man. And nobody is going to like appreciate it. So I don't want to spend like you know three or four months combing through it and converting it into like proper modern pages or something like that, and then have like three people go cool. Um, I'm just like, no, I don't. You know, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, I understand. Um, I tried to talk to uh, Bethesda uh, once about when they were doing the Quake Live thing, I was like, you know, I've got a bunch of models that you can maybe do something with, but uh, they didn't seem to be too interested in it. It looks like at the time, they they probably knew that they were going to do the um, the the new version that they're working yeah. on. Yeah. Um, maybe. Uh, it was, I talked to them maybe a year ago or so, so maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, they were, they didn't really, they kind of like, we don't know. They just saw a big, huge pile of. We have no idea who belongs to what and who might sue us if we put up any. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, I know. Um, you know, I can put it up personally because it actually came submitted to me. But beyond that, uh, we're not really sure what to do with it. Um, but in the but I do have it all. Uh, it's sitting. It's wrapped up. Uh, I put it in a uh, little um, shock-free paper stuff and taped it up so that, um, you know, just the fact that it's been sitting there for years, it should be still be fine. Um, and ho- I hope to do something with it sooner or later. Right. Maybe one of these Google AIs uh, will I say, here's a hard drive, figure it out. Right. <laughs> and have one of them, sh- you know, hoop out a good web page for it. You know, that sounds more realistic than I than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they it's might right around the corner. do that, actually. A <laughs> um, couple of years. We'll Man, see. what a trip. Um, let's see. But, yeah, that that was me um, way back when. Uh, it was just to, for a long time, and a lot of people have heard me say this, uh, but for a long time, the site was simply my karma machine. You know, I was for a while, I was getting a little bit of money from GameSpy because I got to the point where, like, if you started to get really popular on there. If you got, basically, you were doing more traffic than their planet sites, mm-hmm. um, they kind of said, hey, we're going to pay you to stay. Uh, and so they gave you, they would basically make up some kind of contract, and it had a sliding scale on it every time. Um, and it would basically go, like, I would start at, like, about 500 per month, and it'd go up to about 1,000. When I get to about 1,000, they'd change the contract again, <laughs> change the term, so it was back down to 500. And that happened, I think, like, three times in a row. Oh, um, man. 
but it was like I was an architect. Yeah, you know, doing <laughs> architect stuff. So yeah. I was kind of like. So crazy that you had like this crazy like anytime as as just a software guy my whole life right anytime I hear anyone that does anything with their hands I'm I instantly shrink <laughs> because it's like real it's real stuff like you're you're building landmarks you were mentioning before you were you, sure. like famous stadiums out there but like the passion is what com- you know it's creates this community to, yeah yeah it's to make the compassion to make stuff and have fun um and to participate in that culture that we all enjoy i'm sure there's some sociologist that has written books on it um but you know i'm not that sort of a you know i, I don't know but i know enough to know that uh because i see you know the kids all those kids who grow up playing pokemon mm-hmm. they're still totally down for it and how much did they you know, totally enjoy that and become part of it. And, and they, you know, they they made that part of their lives. That's something that we do in a post-industrial world. Yes. Um, I, I'm getting really lofty and academic. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but I've been thinking about this for a long time, obviously, because I recognized what was going on, you know, pretty early on right, and then right. I've just basically sitting on it you know just watch it continue to watch it you know, re-verify itself over the years as I watch people come in and want to learn and some do and some don't and seeing the different types of passions that you say you know and I warn people I'm like hey if you don't have this level of passion mm-hmm. you need to not be in the industry because right. everybody else does Period. And it's not bad that you don't, but you're not going to win and you're not going to make your life of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I have to have that kind of conversations with people that are trying to get into the industry. And I'm like, you know, usually it's at a convention or something where somebody's, you know, really wants some advo- you know, hard living advice. And yeah. I don't shy away from telling them that, yes, this is a very competitive field and if you're not good at what you do you can't be mediocre yeah. you have to be good because everybody else is and if, if they're not they will find somebody um, and you have to you have to live you know, I'm not saying like I don't want people to think that I you know, encourage things like crunch and stuff like that I think there's definitely a balance that has to be had but I also believe that you have to really really want it you have to want it more than you want month, like you know it's, there's a lot easier ways to make a dollar yeah yes. um, and so you need you know if you want to make your dollars this way and make your life that's totally you know totally cool I'm doing it too mm-hmm. um, but realize that you are also picking up uh, a lot of baggage that comes along with it, and um, it and I, you know, talk to I tell whenever I'm talking to people of that sort of stuff, I ask them very specific questions, and I try to like give them examples of uh, things that mean something to them, um, that you know the ways that things that can happen, you know, some I, you know, when I sometimes have to talk to. Uh, girls or females, women, um, they, uh, you know, sometimes they've asked me, you know, is it really a problem? And I tell them, yes, it is. Um, but I also tell them about the stories of the people that have got hit that, of uh, females that have won, mm-hmm. uh, and won properly on their merits. Uh, because yeah. I know several, uh, artists that I work with personally that 
they were fucking awesome. Yeah, right. uh, you know, I got no problems uh, with you know any of that. Uh, to me, it's like the worst kind. Of, the worst teammate for me is a person who's not getting their job done, and I have to do some of their work. I had right. I, I care nothing about you know anything else really about them when it comes down to it. When it comes to the job, because. It, you know, they're a person. In the end, we're all people. Uh, and that, again, that's kind of the, what I try to come down to, and how I try to have tried to keep poly count is that you know, it's we're not necessarily there to you know crusade as you know for social justice and all that kind of craziness. But we're also we try to treat people professionally and properly and equal. Um, and if someone is not acting, if someone's acting like they're five years old, then we will treat them like they're five years old. Mm. Uh, you know, that's, you know, I, after doing this for, you know, close to 20 years, um, all, I, I have gone through so many different trolls. <laughs> it's <laughs> all the different versions. It's kind of like, I can get a book and like each chapter is a different one because as soon as I get some of these kids that think they're going to like, think they're smarter than me because they've never uh, had somebody figure them out before. But I'm like, dude, you're like the fifth person that's come up with that line. No way. <laughs> um, it's, Just for fun, are, are there any standouts over the years that you don't mind uh, sharing? If not, uh, it's okay. <laughs> that, that, that's probably throwing shade in the wrong direction. Yeah, <laughs> I, right, right. Probably, uh, but yeah, I... If we were sitting in a bar, could I tell you a few? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I can. Here's what I can tell you. There, this is because this is just silly. Uh, on Steam, we just had the uh, or you know, on the site, we just had the Counter Strike um, contest. Okay. Um, and we got a lot of you know Counter Strike is very popular in Eastern Europe and Russia, as you probably know. And so we got a lot of new people from those areas signing up. And uh, I and people who are, I generally get a level of kids that do figure out who I am and come find me on Steam, mm-hmm. and then they friend me, and that's fine. I'm like, cool. I'm glad you're. You know, I look at that as like, hey, you're into it that much. You show up at my door, you might have a different opinion of it, but sure. you know, <laughs> showing up at Steam is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they friend me and whatnot. And uh, one of the kid, and so I've got you know, twelve, thir- twelve to. Uh, 20 or so uh, new friends from that. And one of them starts talking to me and he's like, he's like, Hey, can I have the passwords for the newsfeed? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I just, you know, I look at the guy and I'm kind of like, do I even know this guy? You know, open it up and he's from Ukraine and he's yeah. in Kiev. And I'm kind of like, you want the news, you want passwords to the newsfeed to the, to the front page of Polycount? He's like, yeah. I have those cleats. Like, I'm like, no, you know, I'm not gonna like, I'm not Damn. gonna like, this. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just like, no. He's too smart. <laughs> he's too good. And he, and then he's, he's like, well, why won't you give them to me? And I'm like, you know, I'm on? just sitting here rolling, like, oh my god, this guy, this kid who thinks his balls are cast of bronze, yeah. like. <laughs> He wanted reasons why I wouldn't let him have access to my front, the front page of Polycount, and I, I was like, I'm like because I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to play this game with you. Um, 
I don't know who you think you're talking to, but um, it's somebody who's not uh, that stupid. Holy crap. I love the, why can't I have them? But <laughs> I, I don't see what's wrong here. Yeah, I'm like, uh, sure, you got big opponents. Go ahead and just ask. Uh, you know, why not? Who knows? <laughs> it's always going to be no. Come on. <laughs> but um, but then, yeah, he, was, he wanted reasons. And I was like, oh, my God, kid, you're a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you are such a part of history. Like you, you're. you, I'm a you were there. You were there in Larry's high school classroom. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you, I played you, a small part. You know, like yes. I, I enabled him to ruin his own high school degree. <laughs> Larry was on his way of being a doctor, and yeah, two went into his life. No, you know wow. what? I like. I I keep bringing up that that story in that class because it was AP computer science. They were teaching us like C plus plus for bank software or like sure. database, and and I was in there like, hey man, how do I add color? How do I add sound? How do I like? <laughs> I was on the track that I was supposed to be on from day one. Sure, right? that's that's uh, just all it is, you know. I I can tell. I definitely hear that. Uh, back in the back in when I was in elementary school, I remember. Te- them, I was one of the kids that got to learn how to program on the Apple IIe. Oh man! And I got I made a portrait of a Star Trek Enterprise with a blinking light, and oh, they wow. shit themselves because they're like, we didn't know how. They were like, how did you get it to blink? And I was like, oh, I read it in the book. <laughs> and they were like, oh shit, he was reading the book, and he's only you know in fifth grade. Crap. Oh, that's awesome, um, man. That was it. Was good times too. Yeah, I early on knew that uh, this was where I was going to end up too. Man, I, I think that's how everyone just falls into this, uh, especially in the early days. I mean, like you were talking about how you had to pretty much interview a person uh, to to learn the craft, right? Because there, I'm sure there wasn't any schools, right? I mean, the, the idea of schools is pretty new. Yeah, the, the fact the fact that you could actually put in your own content was new. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that you could do before this was uh, quake model, quake levels, uh, and doom levels. Mm-hmm. Those were the only real thing that you could do. Um, people were hacking in um, like Barney in front of, instead of the, the German guards at doom. There was a little bit of a modding scene like that. There was, uh, the Power Rangers from the first go around were was in there where they changed all the guards to Power Rangers. That was <laughs> not as effective as it. Somebody must have really enjoyed it, but yeah, it was kind of hard to play that way. But um, you know, that was kind of the extent of it, and the fact that like, whoa, shit, that you can do a whole brand new model. Um, that was that was new, and that was that made its uh, place for a lot of people um, because it was like we get to actually do something more than just a look. Making a level was cool, but in the end you were still using all their their own assets. Uh, That's when people were making things like Barney and stuff for the... uh, I guess there was some of that was going on a little bit in the in Quake, but not much because the idea of having 3D models and being able to actually model things, um, well, there was no... You had to have a big boy uh, program to do the the modeling. Right. Uh, there was no any <laughs> like AutoCAD was what I used on my first set of models for Quake Two, and it was literally you built every single frame and then you exported it and then you moved it and then you exported it and then you compiled all these 
OBJ models into a huge frame list. Um, it was Damn. super hands on, yeah. as they say. Uh, it was it was, but the, at the time it was like it was just a really cool technical puzzle that, like, hey, this is fun. Now I I think about that, I'm just like, oh god, what a nightmare that was. But you know, compared to what we do now, like the tools that we have available now, like the latest Unity and stuff, like. People are like, oh, it's so difficult. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you? I'm like, you are cheating. You are, <laughs> these things are so You are cheating. Like, you know, when they have these like jams, they're like, yeah, we're gonna make a game in 24 hours. And I'm just like, I just gonna put my head down on my desk and I'm just like, my first editor was called CAD. <laughs> they didn't have editors. It's called Notepad. You have buttons <laughs> on your screen. You don't have to just type in commands. Yes, yeah, it was. It was, oh. and I like. I get where it is, obviously, nowadays yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and I like having really good tools. Uh, and tools have always been a something that I've always pushed on Polycount. Was like, tools. You can't. You gotta have good tools. Life is too short for crappy tools. Oh man. Um, if something that makes you do, you know, a three hundred something three hundred times before it gets right sucks and shout out to all the good tools programmers out there totally we need more yeah uh, it's yeah i heard one time uh let's see bungie has got something like double digits tool programmers and i was just like oh my god you guys are gluttons <laughs> like, i'm like i just want one yeah. <laughs> i'm like um but yeah they get they they definitely get that it's the tools that makes the thing when you got a good tools then you don't have to fight the tools and you can just make what you're supposed to be making mm-hmm. um you know and knowing your tool really really well is really important because if you're always having to like relook like oh where's that where's that button that i need that does this i always forget where it is well that's that adds up and it slows everything down um and you know, it doesn't matter if you're in Max or Maya these days. Uh, it might if you're working with a particular engine or a particular exporter or something. But nowadays, you just need to know your tool. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, in most places, if they even hire you, and you're like, well, I use XYZ and you guys use this. Um, most of the times, they'll say, like, well, look, if it ends up in the right fo- format, we don't care what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my work at Sony, I did that a lot too. Everything worked out of uh, Maya because uh, um, the actual engine guys had to write their exporters, <laughs> and so they they picked Maya because that was the thing that had the reasonable uh, tool that they understood or programming language. Um, but I like Max the best, and so over the years, I would always have a copy of Max. Um, Sony would give it to me. Um, but you know, I would do all my work in that, and then flip it over to Maya, get it all set up technically for you know, whatever the game needed, and done. Yeah, I mean, made, makes my life so much easier, especially because I was doing a lot of like effects work and stuff, and I needed to have very precise precision um, crafted models often, and Maya wasn't good at that, right? Um, unless you had built a tool for it. You know, in the end, to me, Maya is like a SEK or an API for game tools. You know, yes. if you you can do whatever you want with it, but you need to throw you need to sling a little code with it. 
Um, well, I'm not down for that usually. <laughs> so I like Maya or Matt. Sounds like you're selling me half a program here. <laughs> I'm I'm half a technical artist at times. I've been down. I've been a, I've been exposed to uh, lots of the tech side. Um, right. You know, my a lot of my. Uh, well, again, a lot of my teachings at Polycount are my teachings. That sounds silly. Um, a lot of my things I would say is that you've got to be as technical as you possibly can. I get that not everybody is going to be able to write JavaScript, yeah. nor, nor does everybody want to. But you've got to go give it your best shot at at pushing your own boundaries and being technical. When I got, first got into the industry, uh, there was a there was one particular character artist. He was a great artist. But he he couldn't export an OBJ um, at all. He was actually, he was using ZBrush. I guess this isn't actually just when I got in the industry. Um, but half of, anyways. Uh, he was using, he was really a great ZBrush artist. He was a great sculptor, basically. He had taught, he had learned, basically, the mud tools in ZBrush. And so for him, it was just like, basically, you know, sculpting mud, like he normally did, mm-hmm. but he didn't know how to use anything in the tool. He had to have uh, art, the tech artist would basically set it up so that it would come up into a template for him. Mm-hmm. And then he, when he was done, he would go and tell somebody it was there. And then they would like check it into Perforce for him and then give him the next thing to start sculpting. Right. Um, he's not in the industry anymore. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, they, you, you can't, you can't, be like that. Obviously, I don't think any. I don't. I'm sure there's a few probably still out there like him, but it's not. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to do a little bit. If you can get to the point where you can uh, understand node based scripting at least, yeah. I'd say I, to me that's the minimum. Like you need to be able to put together. If you're an artist, you need to have you have to be able to put together a basic shader in like Unreal's uh, shader editor. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like super complex, you know, force field, but you need to be able to hook some shit up and know what you're doing, uh, because it just that level of knowledge indicates how much you you understand your process. Because as you're making things, sometimes you're not doing things as might be uh, intu- as intuitive as possible but you as a person who's doing shit and a veteran know that this is how it's done yeah Yeah. um and that's a hard thing for some people i guess to come i've watched a lot of people who don't get that um but i try to explain it (laughs) you know at some point you just they're not around anymore yeah I, I, i completely agree with you like i feel like one of the biggest strengths of the game industry is its technical aspect. Like we're not here just to make a pretty picture and call it a day. Like it's a lot of it. And uh, like the movie industry is actually learning a lot from us nowadays. They're using real time engines editors to to preview their movies now to, to make these things happen, which especially virtual reality, which I definitely want to know your opinion on, uh, with how E3 was last week and everything. Um, Uh, yeah, we get there too. Absolutely. Um, well, for VR, I was around the first time. Um, I was, uh, uh, bitter. <laughs> not necessarily bitter, but it was kind of like uh, like when Oculus finally popped up, I was like, well, yeah. I'm like, you're going to have to show that you can 
you can do more than you currently are doing. You've got, you know, you've got an interesting little toy, but it really wasn't until they got uh, Facebook backing that mm-hmm. was I have any sort of like real confidence that they were going to do something. Yeah. Um, I think that's also has been a problem for them. Um, I think they've made they've made some business choices uh, because of where that money comes from. That they want to try to dominate the market a little bit more, right? Uh, right, right. Um, and I feel that they've made some unwise decisions, uh, as it were, as it comes from a developer's point of view. Um, I, but it, you know, they they have yet to prove that uh, they've lost or won. Um, I, don't, I think that will be decided uh, sometime in January. Mm-hmm. Are you saying like in comparison to the other other yeah. uh, other ones? Okay. Yeah, I think in, in the end, personally, who do I think is going to win? Sony. Sony, uh, right? Simply because, as a person, you know, if you live in one of the flyover states, you know, most most of America, where are they going to get a VR helmet? Well, Best Buy, yeah. Walmart, Target. Yada yada yada. All, you know the big box stores, um, and they're more than likely going to get the Sony because they recognize that nobody. You know, if you know, you go and talk to some people who aren't in the industry. Hey, do you know what the HTC Vive is? And they're like, um, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, do you know what the Oculus is? And they're like, eh, maybe it's those those goggle things. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, when it comes down to Sony, to me, Sony is going to have. Are they going to have the best product? No. Are they going to have a a pure, a very acceptable product? Yes. Um, they are going, and they're going to be able to deliver a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be able to fill a lot of store. Are there going to be shortages? Probably. You know, it'll probably be the hot Christmas gift. You know, yada yada yada. Um, but that's you know what they're there for is to sell those things um, and put out a lot of units that a lot of people can get a hold of and get going with it. Um, you know the HTC Vive uh, I think is probably the best uh, of the of them currently. It does the body tracking and all that best. Mm-hmm. All the reasons that people have already said I don't need to go down them. Uh, I totally you know and I put it on and I absolutely uh, they put me in that. Um, the underwater one with the uh, you're on the fishing uh, boat. Right, the whale right. comes comes over and gives you the stink eye. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was triggering my. <laughs> just say I have deep water fear uh. anxiety thing going, and I'm just standing there like going like, okay, I'm in this guy's garage. I get it. I'm like, wow, this is really deep. I turn around and there's the fucking whale. I'm just like, goodness gracious. <laughs> it, 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 and I'm like, okay, immersive check. absolutely um you know and the oculus was very cool but it was not you know the oculus was no better to me than the gear vr um you know it was basically a head mountain cam very very cool very worked worked really really well not not quite what i you know would call immersive uh personally um but they're like well we can do it we just didn't want to you know what they're what they seem to be afraid of is they were afraid of the price point that mm. um, HCCs was like it's expensive yes yeah. it's it's good gear though you know and everybody's like okay got it here you go you know and they're like and 
Oculus, again, I think they're being advised from people who are trying to make them like the next Xbox right. sort of platform, um, was like, well, you know, the price point's really important, so let's not do the controllers right away. And then the whole bo- full body thing, nobody really wants that just yet. You know, and it's like, well, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as they see it, they're like, I want lots of this. Um, so what they've basically, the you know, I, again, my, these are my thoughts, is that they've, they're like, well, if we try to, like, not talk about that stuff, maybe we can not have to worry about it, and we'll have so much more market saturation that, not, that it won't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we bring out the other ones, that you know, we can release and update the VR market, you know, on our schedule is kind of the way I feel that they're going about it. Yeah. But... You know, Sony's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, they got their factories going top notch. You know, basically everybody is going to have to show up this Christmas with as many as they can produce. And, um, you know, we'll see who the winner is. Uh, but in the end, the one that can play more uh, that, you know, the one that isn't a wall garden is going to probably win because we've all been down the path of uh, an iPhone these days, and we all know exactly what wall gardens get us in that these yeah, days, too. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to my brand new cool-ass uh, video game toy, guess what I don't want to do? I don't want to not be able to play the game that I want to play because the damn thing is expensive enough that I want someone to say, oh, well, you didn't, you plot that, and well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, no, that's not acceptable uh, to me as a consumer. Some yeah. people expect less, perhaps, but for me, I'm like, yeah, that's not the way it's going to go for me. Um, so, you know, do I have a copy of all of them? Yeah, I do. Uh, But, you know, that's not, you know, but I have them because of, you know, what I do for a living sort of thing, not because uh, I'm like, hey, I want to go get a, you know, I'm a super fan. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I, and I, and did I pay for any of them? No. Uh, They were all given to me as a dev, too. Um, That's, you know, the way it works when you're a dev sometimes. Um, You know, but now do, do, do my units have some nicks and dings? Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, did I have to put foam on the fr- on back on the front of uh, the Oculus? Yeah, I did. Um, but you know, it, it's it, they're free and they work and they're fine. Um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's kind of. My, I think that the market is going to get right now. People are like, "Oh, the market's so slow." Well. <laughs> Until you can go to Target and buy a goddamn unit sitting on the shelf, yeah, the market's going to be a little slow. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's how you define a market. And to be honest, the market doesn't exist yet because you just can't. Uh, you can't sell enough units through the front door of Steam and through the front door of Oculus only until you start getting them in those big box stores right. to get the kind of volume that business considers a success these days. I mean, it just simply isn't going to happen any other way. Um, and it's not going to happen, you know, it is now halfway through the year, which means that if they were to somehow magically be able to come up with a volume, uh, you know, that volume is going to be held for the holidays as much as possible uh, because they're not going to be, that is as I had mentioned, going to be the next definer is who sells more units mm. and um, and how well they work. You know, uh, for the most part, they all work really, really well. And I know that you know you have 
you get these stories on the web, you know, so-and-so's mom put her foot through the TV. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's, that's funny. And, but it's, you know, it's one person out of thousands, you know, it's not, uh, you know, indicative of the larger audience, larger audience will be having just normal interactions with it. And they won't, you won't hear anything about it. The only thing you'll see is you'll see them buying units and you'll see them buying games and having fun with it. And in the end, that's what, you know, what's the most important part of it. Um, I hope that they, uh, I hope that it's, it works out for everybody. Um, we'll see. Uh, I I think that we're per, we're definitely primed to the point where business is now seeing a lot of uh, potential out of AR. And so, in the end, do I think we're going to you know the concept of VR and AR is going to uh, disappear? I think in the end we will stop calling it AR though. I think we will call both versions VR because uh, our society likes virtual the concept of virtual reality yeah. other than the concept of uh, altered reality. And you know it'll be kind of like the VCR Betamax thing where or a band aid. You know I'm going to put a band aid on. Well, yeah. you know you're putting a band. You know I think that I, th- I think that we are going to get to the point where. Um, there won't be a difference between the two, and uh, we will call it both VR. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, de- I, you know, by next, definitely by the time the Hololens comes out, because the Hololens, wh- one thing that they don't really mention on it is that it does traditional VR just as well mm-hmm. um, as the re- other guys, uh, but it does all this other fun stuff because you can look through it. Yeah. Um, and, and and to me that will be the the Xbox is basically the first to what I see the first real future looking one mm-hmm. uh, that we will you know something that can do both and do really well uh, I think Microsoft being extraordinary either extraordinarily smart or extraordinarily lucky because they're lucky if they just didn't get their shit together in time to you know to compete. But the way that they have uh, worked the HoloLens is that they're basically going to let these other companies fight over the market, and then they're just going to sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. And while at the same time, they, they know as well that uh, in the end, AR is going to win, because it, especially from the business side of things, um, anybody who works in a, in a factory is going to be wearing some sort of AR goggles mm-hmm. uh, in 20 years, and they want to be there yeah. uh, to you know, they see, you know, from if just from the business side of point of things, they were like, well, that's what we're aiming for. And the entertainment, well, that should just kind of come along for the ride sort of a thing. And mm. I think they're probably right. Um, you know, that, and they will learn lots and lots of stuff, uh, lessons that Oculus and Vive and Sony learn on their own. And they'll just sit back and watch it when they're ready. They'll release theirs. And I expect that to be a huge uh, game changer at the time. Um, but then at the same time, uh, you know, there's people at the Oculus and people at HTC Vive that I'm sure are working on AR solutions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and who knows, they may come out and rock the joint with something. Um, it's it's right now the industry is being formed and it yeah. is literally anybody's game. Yeah. Um, you know, we have we have things that we think will happen and, pro- and sometimes we can predict them, but. You know, there's always a chance that uh, 
you know, Panasonic comes out with a viewer that everybody's just like, this is the shits. And then all of a sudden, all their, everybody's got Panasonic viewers. And All yeah. I can tell you is Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook is not going to let $2 billion go to waste. <laughs> So. No, they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna make their money's worth. Absolutely, yeah. I totally get it. Um, I, I just think they. It would be. They could be more open. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be uh, in their interests it, when forming a new market mm-hmm. instead of trying to. Uh, I think they believe that uh, they've defined the market themselves, um, as I had mentioned, and they they feel that they can drive it. Um, I don't think they believe that the HTC is any sort of competition in the end. And I don't, uh, I think they, they uh, also believe their walled garden is at least going to be able, uh, you know, like Sony is going to be a console. And so they're going to say, well, we'll do everything else then. Yeah. Um, is kind of what I believe that their thinking is. Um, but I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's never safe to undermine your competition. Yeah. And I feel like Oculus kind of turned their nose up at the actual, the contributors that actually made them in the first place, the gamers. Like, they yeah. kind of ignored that sector in the recent uh, purchase of Facebook. They kind of let Vive in, in there and then Gear VR and all these other. Well, Gear VR is theirs, but like more like uh, you know, the, the PlayStation. Yeah, it's just, it, they, it was their game to lose, and I felt that they lost it because. They weren't as friendly as they could have been. Yeah. Um, and the problem was, is they're like, you know, it, and they, sh- you know, they, they crapped on a bunch of developers, but in the end, they crapped on all developers because mm-hmm. everybody knows about it these days. Back in the day, you know, you, you could maybe pull off some of that things and people weren't necessarily talking uh, internationally and across the web and whatnot. But now, well, you just, you just can't. You can't misbehave and expect uh, it to slide under the radar. Um, but you know, they, it's also their game to lose. I, like I said, I don't I think they have till Christmas to kind of present themselves in a way. You know, what when we come out of the backside, of Christmas is you know how I feel. The uh, whatever that situation is is what's going to define the market and where we're at and man whatever one thing that the holidays almost always do is they never deliver what you expect so (laughs) and playstation and microsoft they've done it so many christmases yeah and exactly you know so what could happen that would like wreck sony's ability like maybe for some reason there's a tsunami and it puts one of their factories underwater that was making things i mean like you know, we, you guys remember when you know RAMs and hard drives were hard to get for a little bit because of that sort of a situation. Yeah, yeah. That literally could happen again. You know, maybe a meteorite hits Tokyo. I mean, probably mm. not. But then, well, you know, <laughs> a tsunami did happen. And it did. You know, it, it yeah. did once. Uh, it, but yeah. Um, so you know, it's kind of like I personally wouldn't put any money down on the event uh, mm. on uh, who's going to win. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, when are you going to create the VR mall and start that up again? Going with what you did for Quake and that community, do you have an itch to have a, a presence in the VR space at all? Uh, if, if personally, um, I've done some, uh, some, outs, you know, some work for some companies okay. to do a little bit here and there. Um, but doing anything, um, I f- thought it would be... 
for a long time thought it would be nice to have some sort of uh, like a VR space that people could like log into, sort of a chat room for Polycount. Mm-hmm. Um, but then someone invented uh, Second Life, <laughs> and I thought, you know, maybe not so much. Is that Linda uh, Labs? Because one of the things that Polycount would do would be like, well, sure, of course you can make your own model, care, you know, your own avatar, because that's kind of our gig. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just like, oh. and then it's like milliseconds, the penis shows up in my box, <laughs> and I'm just like, no. Nah, so. <laughs> um, and so nowadays, uh, I, you know, do I think we'll get there? Yeah, but we're we're gonna get there when mainstream gets there, sort of a thing. Um, I th- you know, we see there's the chat room that we all eventually uh, will be chatting in next year in VR probably already exists and will probably be bought at some point this year by one of the big companies yeah. mm-hmm. sort of a thing and then renamed into something else um, you know I think we're getting close to that sort of uh, level you know in 10 years I think something like uh, the Diamond Age if you've seen that, if you've heard read that book, um, it's about a, uh, a world where everybody's everything's in cyberspace. Um, I see us going there, not because uh, it's a great idea, but because that would that's like an ideal sort of a fantasy that our culture or society has. That's something we want. Uh, and in the end, it will probably be not what we wanted, uh, but that's doesn't matter. I feel that's where we're going. You know, we will make that at some point. You know, and will it be branded Facebook? Possibly. Um, if anybody's going to make a uh, 3D avatar chat VR chat room, it might be Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're betting on it. Billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, they're they got. They 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 they've got some smart people forward looking that know that you know this this is some place that we uh, again as we as a society want things like uh, flying cars and jetpacks we all you know, we want them we want uh, the 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 fantasy of being able to plug ourselves into the matrix is uh, always has you know it, that started around the eighties and. Every kid who's an 80s kid like me has thought about it in some way, shape, or form ever since. Um, you know, will we get there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but again, I, I don't know what will happen when we get there. Uh, it'll probably be crappy and horrible, but um, hey, at least we got a goal, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you this, Angel. Like, you've huh. been pretty early in the days of the game industry like you pretty much gave birth to gaming communities as a whole right so looking forward ahead where do you where do you see the game industry going i mean is it past vr is it something else is it people just living in the game world all the time yeah, like what, what do you there. see it going to? We'll, we'll see that i'm sure um the i let's see I would say, as far as what I see, Polycount being able to participate in, and where are we, you know, where are we going to be able to do? I expect uh, us to get to the point where customization or being able to have, you know, have an avatar that is a version of you, of whatever that is, of a standard format that goes into, you know, kind of like the the 
the Nintendo Wii or Wii pet characters, mm-hmm. something like that. But it goes across every platform. It's something mm-hmm. like a jet instead of. Uh, now you can use a JPEG as your thumbnail, and so that all your social thumbnails are all the same. Um, well, it's because they're all using the same data, which is this format. Um, I expect us to get there with 3D at some point, where that becomes just a format that everything uh, supports, and it will be at first it'll just be a static object and then it'll be something that has some embedded animations and then it'll the next step will have bones and skin and crazy shaders and whatnot um mm-hmm. and you'll be able to you know be able to select uh, or buy an avatar from whoever uh you might you know there ones that have cra- crazy custom good looking shaders and shit um and th- that would be your presence when you're on the on the internet um, that will happen absolutely uh, in all the different variations and all the different weird sex things that that means too. Um, not all that jumps, you know, in our near future. Um, yeah. I and I expect that Polycount will be part of all that as well because we'll be able to help participate in some of that. But um, you know, I see that games uh, games are going to. I think conti- we're going to get more and more developers that are making games that allow people to participate in some way, shape, or form wow. um, it, in making their own uh, user-created content, as they say. Um, I don't know why I hate that term. It just it just feels low. I'm just like, it's content. It's good. Just because it's mm-hmm. user-created doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I think that will become more and more the norm um, I don't, you know, I don't know how much you know, we'll definitely not get to the point where it's a hundred percent because it's just not needed in all things. Um, games that have high gameplay value, though, benefit from having you know access or having uh, hooks that allow people to do things with it. Um, be that making hats or whole new skins or avatars or new vehicles or. You know, whatever it is, um, be you know again that desire to participate in the t- culture that I had talked about in the beginning um, is technology is ang- is enabling us to do that. We've always wanted it as a kid. You know, when you read books, you wanted to participate in it, so you did. You made cardboard swords and whatever. Yeah. Uh, now we can make polygon swords and games in twenty four hours on a train in a jam. <laughs> Is I mean it's it's really has been uh, liberating um, to allow basically the indie market to like just form. I think yeah. it's something that was inevitable going to happen. It was just waiting for technology to get to the point where it was easy enough, like for for engines like Unity to come out and for Unreal to uh, pivot to the point where they have to allow uh, for to a proper engine company mm-hmm. for a while. They were kind of like id where they're like, yeah, yeah, you want a source code? Yeah, here you go. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it, they didn't have a whole lot of support going in the beginning, but now, you know, I, now it doesn't seem to be a problem at all. Uh, you know, they definitely are supporting their, like a proper uh, engine business. Um, but, you know, before that, we didn't have a lot of that stuff. And so it was very hit or miss on what we were able to 
interact with. Um, and nowadays, man, um, you know, I just saw a game today that you control by writing your own JavaScript. Uh, it's a little RTS uh, MMO game, and you control these little minor robot things. Um, but like you do it all through JavaScript, and I'm like, yeah, that's the future. <laughs> because like me going when I went through school, the concept of like learning how to code was like you know only the special few got to even like discuss it in the hallways because like computers just weren't. From some point of view, computers just weren't around yet. Um, it wasn't until I was in college that they really became, you know, a tool that was accessible to uh, Middle America, sort of a thing. Um, you know, if you were, you know, pre nineteen eighty five, if you had a computer, that was a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and no, that and things like, you know, an Atari and a television, those didn't count. Um, those were game consoles and they were not seen as computers in the day. I'm not sure whether we would or not. That's probably someone else to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we didn't. They, it was very much a device to play games and the concept of, you know, we see a PlayStation 4, it's like, well, that's, you know, it's a, it's a computer of this level. Um, yeah, those sorts of things just didn't happen yet. Mm-hmm. Oh. Goodness, I have rambled a lot. <clears throat> hey, man, you're dropping gold. I mean, it's, yeah, we, it's awesome. We recorded all of it, so yeah, it's, cool. Cool. it's yeah. ours now. But, but you guys, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I guess next question. Uh, well, we should probably tie it back into one of the things that I wanted to ask earlier on is, much like I said, you were kind of responsible for some of my earlier best experiences. I'd imagine there's a lot of people around the world who can thank Polycount for some experiences, relationships, tips, advice, or feedback that they wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. And this is a community that you've developed and fostered. You know, do you happen to run into other people who kind of share like, man, this has been something that has been so critical to my success. I just want to thank you. Like, is this something that happens to you often? And do you have one story you remember very well or no? Uh, We've got what I would call pull account kids. Okay. Um, in, in both versions of that, uh, some, you know, two poly counters got together and made a kid. Oh, and they wow. literally wouldn't have had gotten together if it hadn't been for poly count. Um, you know, has that happened? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more times than I know of, to be honest. Uh, I know of a couple, um, but then we also know some kids like. Um, uh, John Jones, do you guys familiar with him? Oh, man. Um, like when he, when I first met him, he was like fourteen, mm-hmm. and he was living out of his. He was well, he was living with his parents. Obviously, yeah. he was fourteen. Um, but but now you know where is he? Well, he's he's one of the best art outsourcing experts there is. Uh, he's you know basically helped create the Skylanders franchise. He helped yeah. set up the whole Unreal uh, marketplace. Yeah. You know, he's done really, really well for himself because he grew up inside Polycount. Um, uh, Jack Monahan, they just built uh, Brigador, okay. uh, that, that walking tank uh, indie game. Again, 
he came and uh, I first met Jack when he was in high school. Uh, he was probably 16 or 17 at the time. Uh, I remember him going through college and uh, graduating, and then he's been basically work, you know, continued to work in the industry and make his own game now. Yeah. Um, that to me is, you know, those are to me are the success stories that is the reason why I keep the site going. Yeah. Um, because you know, for a long time, like I mentioned, it was my karma machine. I was making enough. I was making money, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, it was enough to buy a video card and some beer. <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't changing my life, but it was nice. You know, and I used it to go to E3, you know, yeah. cons and stuff. Um, but for the most part, you know, it was mostly keeping the site running and keeping some people online and having fun with it and encouraging people to have access to the information and uh, have access to a community that uh, is at least trying to be decent, um, you know, generally. You know, do we have our idiots? Yeah, we do. Um, do I stomp them? Whenever they, <laughs> whenever, whenever they step over a particular line, yes, they get stomped. Uh, and, and I'd like to think that we stomp on them more than others um, because a lot of them don't think they've ever got stomped on before. Um <laughs> But, you know, in the general, I'm pretty proud of what, you know, this, this to me is probably what I'll go, you know, you know, when I'm dead and buried, this is, you know, how, what people will remember me for. Um, and I'm, I, you know, and I'm actually kind of proud of that because, you know, for the most part, the site kind of runs on my own personal values, you know, the, you know, basically, you know, but it's, it's not unique values, you know, as Will Wheaton said, don't be a dick. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my same mantra at uh -huh. It's like, hey, we're all here just trying to have fun. If you want to be a dick, you can go away and be a dick somewhere else. We don't get time for that. We're just here to have fun um, and make some things. And if you can take it to the next level and make a job and a life out of it, rock on. Um, you know, I again, I look at that as basically enabling somebody else to take their life and do that with it. Sort of, a, you know, like I didn't wreck your high school. I just enabled you to wreck your high school education. <laughs> um, you know, and that's good and bad for, you know, for you know, some people that's, that's the way it works. Um, but you know, I, we have our, we have our success stories, uh, way more than our, uh, non success stories. So, uh, like one of the biggest benefits of polycount is of course the community and like, it it, it it I'm as an artist like I I look through it all the time and it's a great resource. It's it's pretty much a educational platform. And I saying that because I've been to college before <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. I see Polycount as my educational platform. A lot of people call it Polycount University. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's a little weird sometimes. But but in the end, I'm kind of proud of that too. Uh, because yeah, in the end, that's what I wanted: be people to come and learn. You know, gives them a chance to learn. Um, but again, like I said, this industry is such that you have to uh, you have to want to learn. You have to want to uh, take it all in. You can't be spoon fed. Um, and so I've never tried to you know, you know like hey, there's the wiki. Every, every single verse thing you want to ask is there. And, you know, once you can start asking some good questions, we're just going to point you at the wiki. Mm -hmm. um, but once somebody shows, says, like, hey, I've got these verts and they're not welding properly, what's the problem? You know, well, that shows me that, hey, 
yeah, you've, you're getting your hands dirty and you're trying. And that, to me, is then a valid person to say, like, hey, yeah, we can help. And, you know, give them some advice. And you say, oh, you know, you got to push this button or whatever. And it'll, you know, it builds up properly. Um, because those are the people that deserve it, sort of a thing. That we encourage the people that are encouraged, that are in, uh, helping themselves, sort of a thing. You know, the people who are like, hey, I want to learn how to model. What do I do? It's like, I'm not going to answer you anymore. Um, <laughs> That's uh, that to me is again part of Polycount is that it because but then there's so many people that want to learn and, and share and whatnot. Um, I think that we have a lot higher ratio of people that are less lurking sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like we got more doers than non. I would hope. Right. Um, at least that's my you know the way I feel about it. We've got the. The Counter Strike contest we just did had like over 500 entries, and that was like over four weeks. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. <laughs> just like you know, and Steve, the guys at Valve on the Counter Strike team, they were like, "Hey, that was a pretty good numbers." And I'm like, "Like, yeah, <laughs> 500 different skins in four weeks." I'm just like, "That's insane." Yeah. Wow, because yeah, I try. I you know, I definitely try to keep myself grounded about the whole thing. Because um, yeah, I get a lot of people that uh, who are very, very grateful and will say very magically wonderful things about me and Poly Count. Um, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I don't think I deserve all that. Uh, because in the end, every person who did well did well because they were trying to do well. Nobody, nobody got a free ride except for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm only here because, yeah, I was uh, Poly Counter number one. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. Uh, Poly Count comes from, uh, at one point, uh, Quake 3 was coming. And I knew we had to change the site. Uh, because at that point, it was big enough that I knew it was going to last. Like, longer than, it was going to last into Quake 3 at the very least. Yeah. Um, but we were also just starting to get things like Unreal models and whatnot. And so the concept of having ourselves branded... Uh, Quake wasn't going to work anymore. Um, and so I'm sitting there thinking, trying to come up with a generic name for this. Uh, and so I literally just opened up Max, and then I'm going through all the different modifiers at the time. Uh, like oh, trying, to pick, trying to pick a name out of them, perhaps. And I'm like, eh, you know, no, 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 no. But I had my poly counter, uh, poly count up in the corner, and I looked up at it and I was like, poly count. Poly count. I'm like, yep. That worked. That's a good one. It's <laughs> a good one, yeah. And then uh, I mentioned then we get ended up registering the domain the next day to grab it, and uh, I talked to GameSpy and said, "Hey, I want to do this. We're going to do a new website." And yeah, I was one of their big uh, traffic hitters, so they were like, "All right, here's a web." They gave me one of their web designers, and he said, "You know, give, tell him what you want, and he'll bang it out so that you look just like a, a planet site." And I'm like, all right. So, yeah, we, I sketched up some stuff, and he threw together basically uh, a new website out of their um, the planet template and added in some database stuff for us, and boom, we were the new site. Um, that, uh, that was... That was at the point when I was like, "Wow, I pulled all that off for free." I was like, that, <laughs> "Like that was pretty interesting." Yeah, that's, that's how, I mean, a lot of bootstrap businesses depend on the hookup 
and it, it helps. You know, you'd be surprised at how many of these big companies actually had humble beginnings in such a oh. similar way. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for me, it's always been like I have no like I never had any plans. You know, yeah, and it was yeah. like, it was like, hey, look, this thing just kind of landed in my lap, and I'm like. I better take care of it because I have no idea how to make another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a, that's honestly, that's the, the best way to go about it. In my opinion, right? Like you're, you take it as it's something that you made, you're proud of it. You're going to nurture it. You're going to cultivate it and you don't attribute it to like, yeah, it's exactly these things that I did. You're more like, Hey, you know what? I have this thing. It's awesome. I may not know how to replicate, but I'm definitely going to respect and treat this. Like it's something that I own that I'm proud of. Yeah, uh, and to me, that's the right way to go about it right. because, you know, that's a long and that's a long time why Polycount has never tried to make money for a mm-hmm. long, long time. It when uh, Valve came around and they said we want to start giving you money, mm-hmm. that was when it was like, oh, we're probably going to need to get lawyers and incorporate and you know do all that kind of stuff, and that's yeah. what we have, you know, we've done. Um, I ended up buying the the Green Tooth uh, logo from the designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a couple grand, he gave me a, he gave me a deal. He also you know, we were friends. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, he you know he owned it and he licensed it out under you know people can use it but they can't sell it. And okay. we basically are doing the same thing too. Um, well, we I have just, a I have a question for you really quick. Can we sure. use it to be the cover image of this podcast episode? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, just yeah, you're sure. not making you're not making money, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Well, let Thank me. Uh, <laughs> took one look at us. You're not making money. <laughs> what are those uh, blue snowballs? Oh, you guys don't even have the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look. I got, I got the Yeti because it was at the same price as one of those. Um, because they had run out of the of the snowballs gotcha. at, uh, at Best Buy, and so they said, "Well, we'll give you the Yeti for the same price." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> this guy, man, gets all the stuff for free. All the hookups. Right all the hookups. time. <laughs> Well, so at this stage in the podcast, we've been talking for an hour, okay. and we want to thank you for being such a part of this experience that we're trying to build here. And what we do is, uh, after you've given us an hour's worth of knowledge bombs, Brandon and I stop asking questions, and we allow you to talk directly to our audience to shout out or promote something special or something exciting that you're working on or something that the audience should be looking forward to that you're a part of or just think needs to have a little more attention. So without further ado, the floor is yours. All right. Well, let's see. Right now we're doing the Unity Lighting Test uh, with Enlighten. Enlighten is their uh, is a separate company, um, but basically it's the it's a lighting a standalone lighting engine that Unity bought, mm-hmm. and then that's what's in Unity Five. And then that company came to us and said, "We want to do contest," and that's the contest we're currently doing, where we basically were given an existing uh, temple asset, and then asking people to light it in interesting ways, because they're trying to get you know people to understand that you know the lighting um, tool that's in Unity Five is significantly more sophisticated than um, what it used to be. Uh, it's a really nice you know it's a nice engine. Okay. You can make it look really you know make some really nice scenes with it and stuff. Um, you know, but you need hands on the on the wheels sort of stuff, and uh, a lot of people. Uh, use contests as a reason to learn, um, and so that's you know what, that's what I like to encourage too. Uh, so those are the types of contests we like to you know do, or you know we tr- we try to 
work with different companies so that we get something that works for everybody. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, we just finished up the Hexels contest as well. That was with the Marmoset guys. Uh, they did. They bought the Hexels tool off of the Hexels author. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. Then they uh, basically had a contest to get some exposure. Basically, um, it's potentially could be used for doing like um, pixel art sort of stuff. Um, it's kind of a funky illustration tool. It's you know, it's kind of it, it draws things with triangles um so it's kind of what you it's a specific tool that can do lots of different things depending on what you want to use it for um but it has a certain look uh, and they haven't really had a lot of uh exposure so um and they're we're friendly with them they're friends so i was like sure we'll you know hook you up with some space and you know i don't know how well it went for them but uh you know, it was free advertising, and some people had some fun with the new tool, so that's cool. Nice. Um, let's see. I've got a couple more. Uh, oh, we've got another one coming up, another big one. Uh, I probably shouldn't say their name because I won't get it right. Um, but another <laughs> big one's coming up uh, here in July. Uh, it's going to go around for a couple months. Um, going to be a big, you know, make... Something like the uh, like the throne room one we've done in the past, where it's you know, a very elaborate sort of big scene where you get a couple months to get your feet dirty in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I remember that one though. Let's see. Uh, I want. I need to talk to uh, what's the, um, side effects. Um, the people that make. Uh, I actually can't remember the names. It's been so long. Hang on a second here. I've got it sitting on the desk. <clears throat> I know where it is, but I can't remember the name. That's like perfect, right? Uh, <laughs> Houdini. That's it. I want to do a Houdini contest. Okay. Because Houdini, and I've talked to the guys, um, and they are they are down. Uh, I need to like talk with them again and get you know, get some shit rolling. Uh, but I talked to them at GDC, and they were uh, very. They were like that sounds extraordinarily cool to do. <laughs> uh, they had they. I got the impression that the guy had never had anybody, uh, you know, do that sort of contest or whatever with him before. And he was like, "That's yeah." So I I got a positive enough reaction that I'm sure that uh, we can get something going there. And I I'd, I'd like to get the in, the I'd like to see the games industry use Houdini a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, is a very powerful tools, more powerful. I, I would say that Houdini is is a version of Maya that's been exploited fully. Okay. Um, it can do some very awesome technical things, and it can do it all procedurally. And they've got this new uh, plug-in. Basically, it's a plug. It's they call it an engine, the Houdini engine, but it's basically a plug-in to Unity and Max that reads the Houdini assets in um, their native format, as it were, which makes them procedural inside of Unity and uh, Unreal, which is really fucking cool. Um, Because you can sit there and basically tweak the stuff in in Houdini and have your engine up and you're just sliding some controls on an effects or something and you can see it happening exactly the same thing. In real time, awesome. over on, 
And, like, you know, Max is really awesome, and so is Maya, but they're not doing shit like that. Yeah. Um, it is. And that's just the start of what it, of it can do. To me, Houdini has always been the tool that uh, I never expected to make. I expected it to die, uh, to be honest, because I didn't think they would ever go in this direction. I thought figured that they would just either go super uh, boutique with films if they were able to survive, um, but or just go away. But uh, this direction they've done with this plug-in, uh, this is like this is something the, on like the. Games artists need to see more of this. This is mm. awesome. This is waiting. You know, we want to have this in in all our engines and all our tools, not just this one. And in the meantime, I, what I personally feel I can do then is, you know, get a contest going and get exposure for this thing right. uh, uh, out to our audience. And you know, we've got poly counters that are sitting in every single AAA studio in the world, and every right. AA studio, and every single A studio. Yeah. But, you know, there's it's. Yeah, that part's kind of weird. Sleeper um, agents everywhere. <laughs> there's sleeper agents everywhere. Yeah, and so you, you know, so if I can, you know, basically make a good contest, um, it it does. You know, I'm not going to say it influences the industry, but it at least exposes. Get them to talking, yeah. Or get them talking and saying, "Hey, this is some cool tools. We would like to have something like this." Yeah. Um, you know, and that because again, that's where tools are important. That's what we use. You know. We're not making uh, things out of clay. We're making things out of electrons. So every, you know, just because you're good with your hands, you know, you need to have tools that are doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and the better they are, the more you can do. It's, it's, I have yet to have that proven wrong to me. Uh, coming from a time when there was no tools uh, to the point now where they're getting jammed 24 hour tools. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome, and it's going to continue. I think. I think we're uh, you know again back onto that whole VR, like the VR editor that Unreal did. Uh-huh. That'll become, that's that's going to be the norm. That uh-huh. is that there is a wet dream that every single architect that has graduated since 1990 has had <laughs> to be able to do. Trust me on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first uh, got a job. Uh, when I was doing an architect, I was doing a lot of like 3D. I was doing their 3D renderings and stuff for them because they didn't have anybody else that knew what any of that stuff was. But one of the uh, one of the partners came over and he's like, "Can you do that virtual reality stuff?" Because <laughs> because we had we we as a society knew of it from the 80s, and I was like, "No, that stuff's gone. We can't. We you can't even get those kind of like goggles and stuff anymore." He was like, "Ah," oh. he's like. Like, that would be awesome, and you know I don't know if he's still in business or not these days, but uh, I know he's paying attention because again that to be able to like sit in your environment and sculpt it with just your hands and pushing buttons on a controller or whatever mm-hmm. that's that's that is a fever dream for these people. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, the first. The first person or the first company that puts out something that allows architects to work with like AutoCAD and that, they're gonna make so much money. Yeah. Not even not even not even even if somebody comes out with a better product, doesn't matter. First first to that particular market will make a lot of money. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, business and cause you know, business is gonna be that's what it's gonna be about. Um, you're gonna be like 
down to like just simple things like like say you're a house painter and you'll be able to like put goggles on that shows you which chunks of the house you've painted like by drawing dotted lines when you look up it sort of a thing yeah you know you'll be able to put like guidelines if you're like doing uh like painting a mosaic or something on the wall, you'll be able to like project the image on the wall just in the glasses and just sit there and just paint on the wall. Um, you know, that that's the kind of like I picked that because it's like super low level, like non technical sort of industry that everybody gets. Um, but it's going to, it's totally going to benefit from uh, alternative reality goggles. There, that will change that whole The people will be able to. Like those uh, figures that you see are those uh, painted images at E3 they put up on the Figueroa Hotel. Mm-hmm. When they get those painting glasses things, that thing is going to get fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they're, every- they're, they're doing like they're doing the line work and they're sketching it and they're doing all the gr- like the grids and stuff, doing it by hand. But when they can do it all and just, it's going to be awesome. And and that'll be the norm. And that'll be like, oh, if you don't have this, you're screwed. <laughs> um, yeah, that's and. and and we, as poly counters and whatnot, uh, hopefully we'll continue to just keep being able to play uh, in the games. I don't know if we'll. I have no idea if we'll ever be able to break outside of games. Like if we do, it would probably be through like the 3D chat room route, is what I personally expect. Mm-hmm. But as we had mentioned, you, can, you never know what to expect. It'll be something completely random yeah. down the pike, uh, perhaps. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm just trying to have fun. Uh, make sure people are treating each other more, more or less correct. You know, trying to be fair to people. Try to get, uh, try to keep the the site moving. Um, that's mo- that's mostly about what what we're at uh, and what we're trying to do. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. And let's- I'm speaking on behalf of everyone <laughs> that grew up in the industry or are in the industry. It's like Polycount it has touched. So many lives and continue to do so, and yeah, it's man. the I, number one place that everyone's going to check out awesome, awesome game development stuff and contests <laughs> and contests. <laughs> contests to me, that's that's being the place where it gives people a project to work on. Yeah, and it gives them a time limit so that there's actually some pressure for them to finish. Um, you know, it's it's like each. Each class or each contest is a class in Polycount University, sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, where it, it's test. You know, it's a final test uh, because you can sit there and you grind away on learning your skills, but until you've actually got a proper project and a goal and something you can say, you know, this is what I'm going to make. You don't really, you don't have something that you can define it, and you need that as a artist being able to say, yeah, I wanted to make that and I made it, and there it is, um, and. It's kind of easy to say on the surface, but as an artist, that's really important inside um, to know and have confidence that you can do that. Yep. Um, and the contests, I feel, are we, you know, we put, I tried to restructure them in a way that it's good for everybody to participate, so that they can, you know, they have something that they can aim at. Um, as I kind of already said. Artists need fences to bounce off of because if you give them a wide open pasture, they just run around in circles and didn't get anything done. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's just like any creative—you just have to set a limit, or else you'll be creating forever. 
it, it's never it's, finished and satisfactory. It's hard to it's hard to uh, hard to find out where you want to finish because you're always screwing around with it. Um, I personally spent a lot of time making Team Fortress two levels, and uh, I made. It took me one level I had made um, called the Hat Factory, mm-hmm. and it had it was probably in development for a little over a year because there was four different versions of it, and I, you know, remade it every time because I didn't have any <laughs> deadline, and mm-hmm. you know I was developing it like a fan as I was having fun making it. Um, I just today released another map that uh, I. I said, when I make this one, I'm going to make it like a developer, as in I'm not going to sit there and grind and roll, you know, let it and basically make lots of weird custom content that makes nobody happy but me um, and all that kind of stuff that I did in this other map. Uh, it took me maybe a month to do mm-hmm. um, from start, you know, from kind of start from that from the decision to you know shipping it sort of thing um it's still some bugs in it but it's more or less done um you know it's probably got maybe about 40 hours of bug fixing total if if that um there was a total different mindset that i had was like be a developer put this thing together don't uh don't make decisions that are uh against that basically add uh time but no value to the product sort of a thing you know again being a developer and boy i banged it out really really quickly and it looks really good and um you know will it get in the game oh no we'll see that's always you know that's a whole other different uh, ball game but uh in the meantime i'm happy with it looks good i've got some great screenshots for my portfolio and uh you know, start thinking yeah. of the next one. Um, you know, so for me, it was my learning experience was should do things that I should do things in the proper way that I know to do them, so I can get them done instead of just sitting around and screwing around and all that yeah. for a year. But now, is that a <clears throat> that hat factory level? Is it memorable? Oh yeah! <laughs> if you play TF two and you got you get to that one, you're just gonna like. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, well, you know what? Brandon and I are going to have to play that yeah. level and review it. So <laughs> I, I definitely well, think... Uh, let's see. There's, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to play the one with fire trains. I made a Halloween one where uh, if you get hit by the trains, they catch on fire and a big fire skull laughs at you. <laughs> um, that one probably went a little too far because <laughs> everybody in the in, everybody in the quake... Uh, TF2 community was kind of like, wow, that's really awesome. Holy shit, I'm not going to play that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but as a as a person who's in this situation where I'm making something for these games, I can do things that the developer wouldn't do because they 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 have different priorities and uh, they're not necessarily going to make things like fire trains because. Well, they don't have any reason to, and well, I didn't really have any reason to either, but I did. But you know, common business sense wouldn't stop me to, from putting them in because I, there was no business part of it. It was just having fun making something that's creative and fun. Um, you know, and people like, you know, some people complain. They're like, oh, "This will never get in the game," and I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> you know, like that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to have fun. Yeah. Um, All it's, right. Uh, it's, it's, I, it's, 
I, I gotta I gotta jump in, dude. We are an hour and forty minutes into the podcast. <laughs> I told you we'd come so, Andrew, I, I have to say, all right, we'll I'm gonna give you the record. <laughs> you won. <laughs> you you beat everyone else. <laughs> but it was an absolute honor and pleasure to do this podcast episode with you. And I don't want you to feel bad at all. Like it was fun. We have all the knowledge bombs we need, man. So I I just genuinely thank you for being a part of this, man. Seriously. Awesome! I had fun. Uh, I'm glad you guys did too. You have to yeah. come, you have to come back in a year so we can see where VR went in 365 days since we talked about it. Would you do that? Sure. Uh, you got you got to mark it on your calendar. All right. Well, since I'm the one talking and I've got the mic, Larry Charles, I'm out. Good night. This is Brandon Fan. Thank you guys. See ya. Take care. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.